It's good having you here at Vespers tonight. It's good, good, good. Um, please don't be shy. I don't have bad breath. You don't have to sit so far away. But uh, Heather, are you saying I do have bad breath? All right. Well, we are starting a series for the summer um, called Elephant in the Room. And uh, this is uh, something that's been on my heart. Rochelle and I have been praying about this and talking about this for quite a while. And uh, just asking God for guidance and leading with where he wants us to go with these. Uh, one of the things that's on my heart when we talk about these elephants in the room, uh, the topics that we'll be going over this summer are uh, secrets that we, um, we hold on to, secrets that we carry, divorce, uh, fear of God, what's that look like, um, sexual identity, um, dating, sex before marriage, forgiveness, addictions, depression, and drinking. I mean, there's just a plethora of different topics that I want us to be able to communicate together about. Uh, and my heart with this is a lot of times the church, let me, let me back up and let me say this. Our, our culture, our world wants to impress onto us what they want us to know and think and believe. And I really believe the scripture talks about everything. And obviously it's all Christ centered. And, and the scripture speaks to all the different issues that we deal with in life no matter how small or big in our minds that they are. And um, I really feel like it's important that even though some of these issues that are maybe taboo in, in church maybe a little bit or they're tough topics so we want to put them to the side, I really feel like not only Christ and the Scripture should be our um, leading to what we, we feel that's important in culture, the things that we believe, um, but I really feel like church should be the, the focal point of who uh, is saying what and what is being um, Put out there and what we should be walking by. And, and so uh, I want to be able to tackle these in a loving way. And here's what I want to say to you. What, the way these evenings will look, um, I will be doing more of a sermon type uh, of thing as we get started. But I still want us to have our communication time where we can have our table talk and, and be able to dig into Scripture together. And so what I'm going to be doing is uh, over the next nine weeks or so, of these topics. And of course, they're going to be broken up. We're going to have some different activities that we'll do. We'll have a, a barbecue night and, and some of the things that we're going to do to hang out together. But when we get together for the elephant room, um, it'll be more of a preaching time. And then we'll go into uh, a time where you'll be speaking together at your table. So whoever you sit with on those Tuesdays will be the who you really conversate about or conversate with when we talk about these conversations. So, and I've asked people, uh, different people here in the room, if they would kind of help facilitate those by if there's any awkward quiet or we don't know what to say next. Here's some questions that Brian gave us so we can kind of keep the conversation flowing. And here's the other thing I want to say too. Obviously, we all are coming from different perspectives, different backgrounds. Um, some of these issues, uh, topics are very personal because of the things that have happened around us or things that we've gone through, either happened to us from family or other people that we know um, or things that are just hard for us to Open, reopen the book and go, okay, man, do I need to deal with this again? And so as we discuss these things, too, I want us to have a heart of not confrontation but unity. So as you discuss together at your tables, 
I really want us to be able to be open and free and say, this is what I feel about this. But at the same time, also, a person that's across the table that has dealt with this or is dealing with this or has had certain things happen to them, that we can be understanding and loving and go, I want to come together with you in unity and, and find Christ in the center of this rather than here's my point and here's what I'm saying, you're wrong. I really want us to continue to have an attitude. You guys do a great job as we communicate week to week, but I really want that to be the focus. So um, tonight... Our first topic for the elephant in the room is dating. That's the one that I really, as I was praying through that, uh, really felt like, uh, Brian, don't leave. What's up, man? Don't leave, Brian. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, he's like, I'm out of here. Get my fruit. I'm out of here. Um, <clears throat> no, I just really felt like as I was praying through this, this is the one that God was leading in my heart. So as we get going to this, um, I hope this is going to be challenging for you, um, but then also encouraging for you, uh, because obviously the majority of the people in this room are those who are single um, and not knowing, God, what do you have in plan for me? Do you have a person in plan for me? Uh, and what does that look like and when, where? And those of us that are married, like Rochelle and I and, and Mike, who's doing sound for us, and, and Mary has graced us with her presence tonight. And then obviously, yeah, you guys, um, we're in the midst of that. And here's what I want to say. I've been done looking for dates and dating for the last 16 years, but I still am dating all the time. And, and uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the marriage years, not the years we've been dating and we've known each other. Um, guys, take note, because I will give you plenty of examples of things we shouldn't be doing or saying. Um, but the point is, even for those of us who are married, we should still have the, the mentality, the mindset. Guys, speaking to, to you specifically, we need to be continuing to pursue our mate. And, and lazy, it's the same way. It's, uh, we went on a date Friday night. And it's one of those things I need to continue to renew my mind and ask God to, re- to renew me and say, hey, I want her to know that I'm pursuing her. Outside of Christ, she's the most important thing in my life. And she needs to know that I'm pursuing her. I can't win, win, my, uh, win my pursuit and then be done. Whew, okay, that challenge is done. Now I can move on to something else. It needs to be continual pursuit. And so even for those who are in the room that are married, it's, this is good information. So pray with me and we'll get started. Father, we just come to you right now, and, and I just ask that everybody in this room will have an open heart. Um, I don't know where everybody's at in regards to dating or not dating. I've had a lot of dates or no dates. I've had relationships take off and soar and relationships that have just crashed. God, we, we need to come to you and rely on you um, as the, the author of life, the creator. You have created us to be in relationship. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that as we communicate here together, that we will be in a place of openness to hear your word, your heart. Um, and, I, and, God, I pray that you just put me to the side. Uh, and, and I pray that you just use, uh, use me just to communicate through. I pray that I will be focused on you and you alone as I speak. And, and God, I pray that my heart will be such to, to understand and look into the faces of, of these men and women that are sitting here and know what to say. And you just give me those words to encourage if they need encouragement and challenge if they need challenge. Um, God, we're going to rely on you, and I just pray that this time is, is beneficial, that it's edifying, that when we leave tonight, we all can leave going, wow, I really need to talk to God more about this. I need to dig in God's word and see what he's calling for me in relationships. What is he calling me to be as a man of God and a woman of God seeking out a mate? Lord, we just want to give that to you and just pray for your guidance tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So. Here's how I'm going to start this. Well, first of all, I think it's just fun. Rochelle said, hey, you know, we need to do this. This will be great for all these guys and ladies to see. So Jared's got a picture I want you to see. This is Rochelle and I many years ago when we were dating. I know, I know. 
Why did she ever choose me? I don't know. I, the, the two people in the office that saw the picture today goes, look at his hair. I mean, he shaved the sides. It was really cool back then to shave your sides and back and have it pulled up. I don't know. I, I was, I had Jesus in my life, but I think I needed more of Jesus. And you're still just as beautiful today as you were back then. Guys, <laughs> just joking. Jared, thank you. All right. So here's what we're going to do. How does a Christian date, um, how does a Christian date righteously? Oh, you know what I meant to do? I meant to give everybody paper. I totally forgot. So if you want to take notes or jot down things or, or dig stuff out. So Rochelle, if you don't mind. Thank you, sweetheart. Man, what a great helper. Genesis. We're going to get to that. I love you. You're awesome. I need to bring her flowers tomorrow. Remind me. Okay, someone text me. Okay, we're going to start with Genesis. Genesis, God created us for relationship. I said that in, in, in my time praying to him about this, was God created us for relationship. I mean, that's just, that's what he did. And the first thing that he did when he created Adam and then Eve was he created them to worship him. I mean, this was a time, an opportunity that God created us as beings and said, I'm creating you for relationship. And that means with me, God, Christ, Savior. And then in doing so, then he also created us for relationship with others, with others. There's three things that I want to want you to kind of look at here in yourself, because as we look at ourselves, look at where we're at with our walk with Christ, and what does that look like in the dating world as singles? How does a Christian date righteously? The first question out of three that I have for you, how is your relationship with Jesus? I mean, because really that's, you're going to hear me kind of hit back home to this over and over again. What's going to be the central focal point is where are you with Christ? Where are you with Christ? We have a tendency a lot of times to be looking for something and somebody, but we're not so self-focused here. We're, we make a list of what we want out there, what we're looking for. So how is your relationship with Jesus? That's the first thing that we look at. Um, we need to be continually looking at. The second thing is, are you believing the lies of your culture? This is a big one because, you know, porn is out there. That is a huge distraction to what God has created in, in, in proper relationship. Or listening to your friends. A lot of you have people that you work with, hang out with, are around, you hang out, and, and they may not be giving you proper information. They're not giving you godly wisdom. So in re, you know, looking at the opportunity of, do I believe the lies of my culture? I have to be careful what I'm hearing from my friends. How about magazines? I mean, look at the magazines that are out there. Uh, you know, how many of those magazines are, are giving us information that is godly information that we need to be thinking about in, in relationship? And then how about like the talk shows? I mean, you just kind of go on and on the different things that are out there. They're really counter what scripture is telling us that we should be looking at um, in God's eyes. Um, letting culture not scripture, determine your beliefs. Do you hear that? Are you allowing culture, not God's scripture, to determine your beliefs? That's hard because when we're immersed in our culture like we are, it is so hard to find the hazy gray and go, okay, where does God say this is this or this? And when our culture says, well, you can kind of do this, it's okay. Are you believing lies of your culture about um, our sexuality? Are we, we, we struggling with the, the dress, ladies, guys, how we dress? Is that something that we're dealing with and believing what our culture says about us? Um, even how we date, specifically what we do on our dates, um, or how we present ourselves. How do we put ourselves out there to entice um, the, the opposite sex into encouragement of, of dating? And then how do we engage in a relationship? I mean, there's, here's all these different things that our culture is hitting us with every moment of the day. If it's in our music, it's in our TV, it's on the computer. I mean, just all the time we're getting bombarded with what the culture says. We have to really be, have our guard on and our mind um, in, in, in tune and not believing the lies of culture. 
The third thing is, does dating make you happy or holy? Rochelle just read a book, and I haven't had a chance to read through it. We've read parts of it together, but she just read a book about, does the, and the main theme was, does marriage make you holy or happy? I mean, what's the point of marriage? And so I kind of want to ask you the same thing, is dating or finding a, a person to date, is the point of that to make you happy or to make you holy? For, for Rochelle and I, I, I know this personally, because if we, if we get into dating and we really are dating for the right reasons and for the right purposes and all those kind of things, dating in a holy way, not a happy way, is going to cause you to actually see each other's sins more. It's going to bring out your sins. It's kind of like that refining fire. You know, in, in the happiness, you're trying to just do the things you want to do, and it's, it's all about self, you know, and all those kind of things. But when you're, when you're dating for, to be holy, to become more pure in God's eyes, you're going to see those sins pop out. It's not just about making that person happy. Those little things that can be annoyances become a really big deal because you're looking at dating not as a happy, I want to be happy, just make me happy. It's really about honoring God and being holy. So we have to ask ourselves, is it about self? We are looking for someone to date. And a lot of times it takes a lot of energy. And a lot of times we list the things that we want. I know when I look back now, Rochelle and I were talking about this last night. I, I, I wish that I would have had someone in my life or people in my life that would say, here's the things that you need to know. Uh, Rochelle and I, in our hearts big time, we want to impress not only to our youth, youth ministry students, but also for, for singles that we are in contact with to say, here's what we really want you to know. These are things that you need to deal with and not be afraid to talk about. Because I, we look back and I go, I had nobody ever tell me some of the things that I know now. I'm like, why wasn't that? I had, I had a great youth pastor. I had some great Christians in my life. And I'm like, why did I not? Like, for instance, I had a list. I had made a list of what I wanted in a, in, a, in a young lady. If it was just dating for fun or for the future, for marriage. You know, I was like, oh, she wants blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. It just kind of went, 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 went. But I never had anybody say, hey, Brian, you know, what about you? What are you doing to make yourself a person for someone that wants to date you maybe at some point? I was like, I never had anybody tell me that. Here's the question I want us to think about tonight. This is, the, this is the, one of the key questions here. Are you a person worth finding? We work really hard to try to seek out and find somebody. But are you a person worth finding? We're, we're, our main scripture we're going to be going to tonight is a story about Naomi and Ruth. And most of us know the stories in, in Ruth. And it covers the first four chapters, which is the majority of the book, obviously, uh, of Ruth. And I'm just going to give us a breakdown. We're not going to read through it tonight as a whole. It would be great for you to go to it tonight. I'm going to give you about 30 scriptures here today. So this is the main text. But here's the story of Naomi and Ruth. If you understand or if you've, if you've read the story before, Naomi, she is the mother of two daughter-in-laws. Her husband and, the, and her two sons marry uh, Ruth and another, another young lady. In this storyline, they're, they're away from Israel, and all three men eventually die. The, fa- the, the husband, and then, which is Naomi's, obviously Naomi's husband, and then the two brides' husbands. All three of these, these dudes die. That doesn't really say what and how or what, but, but the point is these three guys are, are deceased. Now, what happens is Naomi tells the two, I think um, Orpah is the one girl, and then Ruth is the other one. He tells the two young ladies, she tells the two young ladies, hey, you know, I'm going to go back to my homeland. You go back to the homeland you're from and, and try to make something for yourself, and I'm going to head my way. The one young lady, Orpah, goes, oh, oh, I almost said Oprah. <laughs> she actually took off and, uh, and started her own TV show. No. Um, and so she took off back to her homeland, right? And Ruth sat there and said, no, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to be with you. When, you know, where you go, I will go. You know, when you, where you die, I will die. I mean, she's just, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be with you. And in that time, and most of us know this, in that, that time, 
It was very difficult for women because if they didn't have a husband or a mate, or somebody of man stature in there in, that, that protected them, they, they had nothing. They couldn't just go out and get a job. They couldn't do the things that we can, ladies can do today. Um, and so it was really tough for them. So for them to, to search out and find out where are we going to go, what are we going to do, is really tough in the beginning. So they head home. Ruth follows Naomi. They head home to Israel. And Naomi, and this is where Boaz, this is where he comes into the story, is um, Naomi is in the family line of Boaz. He has his own fields. And one of the things that's really cool about this, which I just learned this last night, one of, the tr- one of the things that the Israelites did, and it was from Scripture, um, from their spoken word, they had their fields that they would, they would have. And if you imagine a field being square, uh, obviously most of them are, and then what they did when they harvest their field, they had in law that you could only harvest, like if Boaz owned his land, he, which he did, he could only harvest a diamond shape of that square. Does that kind of make sense? Because the idea was those four corners were for the poor people. Anybody that couldn't take care of themselves, didn't have enough funds, didn't have their own fields, could come and harvest. He would allow a certain amount of harvesting off of those corner spots. So what ended up happening was Naomi sent Ruth and said, hey, go to this field. He's, this guy, Boaz, is in my family line, so you're okay to do this. He will let you have a certain amount of food. So she's doing all the story goes on where she's there. She's trying to harvest, and Boaz sees her and goes, whoa, who's her, what's her name? Who is she? And so he sends his guys to go find out what her storyline is, where she's about, all that kind of good stuff. Comes back, the point of the story comes down that he realizes she's, she's part of with Naomi, part of the family, and wants to know more about her. And so the question as we get into this is, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Not who you want to be, but who are you becoming? When you look, when you look at the story of, of Ruth, we see the things that she does. She's not seeking out. To, to try to sneak in and find a mate and do something. And Boaz is in a place where he doesn't have a mate, and he's not trying to do his thing. They're both, God is, is fine-tuning them to be people that he's calling them to be before they meet. And we see what happens when they meet. We see the storyline there. And it actually ends up being because they meet and they get married, this is the family line of King David. And that's how important of a story this ends up becoming. I mean, this, this is really huge. So what I want to ask us about is in this idea of are you a person worth finding is who are you becoming? Not who you want to be. And because here's the thing, we're all changing, consistently changing, either intentionally towards a goal, really you're intentionally trying to change towards a goal that God has for us, or we're unintentionally changing towards the world or our culture. It's just one or the other. It's not both. So who are you in Christ? That's really the question. Because if we have a tendency to find ourselves going towards the culture, we have to ask ourselves, who, who am I in Christ? Am I allowing the world to mold me? Or is my identity in Christ? Am I being molded by Christ? Here's, here's a certain uh, illustration I was told one time. You know, we all, if we put ourselves on a point, we find ourselves on a point, and we know that God's direction says, I want you to go this way. I want you to honor me and follow me this way. And we go, oh, okay, I do, but there's this one little thing right here. It's not too far off track of God. It's just a little thing because right here, it's only this far away. But as time progresses, you see the distance that it becomes. I mean, it's a really huge distance from that one little point, that decision we made, or the unintentional thing that happened that drew us this distance away from what God's plan was for our life. So we have to really be focused on continually renewing ourselves and focusing on, you know, who's changing me? Am I allowing the culture to change me or am I allowing God to mold me? What steps are you taking to get there? What steps are you taking to get there? Um, Do you have a mentor? These are things that people didn't tell me when I was younger. Like, you need a mentor. 
All of you need a mentor. You need to find someone you can, that'll, that'll allow themselves to pour into you. Or how about a, a couple, a married couple that you know, that you go, man, I don't know what they're doing, but wow, this seems like they've got some good things happening. You need to glean from them. Glean from a couple that you know around you that you can, that you can glean ideas from and, and relational questions. And then accountability. It's vital that we have accountability with each other. Guys, we've got to find other guys to ha- hold us accountable, to encourage us, to challenge us. Ladies, the same way. Find another lady to give you, keep you accountable. Here's the thing about Ruth. When we look at that story, Ruth was faithful. She was hardworking. She was kind. And she was compassionate. She was working on herself. She was doing all these things to build herself as a young woman. And Boaz, on his side of the story, he was righteous. He gleaned himself to be a gentle guy. He, was very, he had a lot of gentleness. He showed compassion, and he was also very hardworking. So here's two people that individually were working on their own personal lives. But what ended up happening is they were, they were honing in on their skills before they even met. That's huge. Because a lot of times our focus is, I want to find her. Who is it? I need to seek out. I need, who can, you know, here's, my, here's Brian's list of what I'm looking for versus going, am I a person worth finding? So let's change tracks here a little bit. Let's do this. How should a Christian date? If we look at ourselves and we say, okay, Brian, well, how does a Christian date? How should we date? Here's the goal. The main goal in my mind is this, and these are some of the things that I want us to talk about a little bit later as we get in our groups, is the goal should be to eventually get married. In my mind, the goal for dating, the ultimate goal is to date for marriage. Now, if you'd asked me that 19 years ago, 20 years ago, or even you know, when I was in high school or when I was young before you know, we met, is when I was single, I never was thinking, I'm going to date for marriage. That was the last thing in my mind was, was dating for marriage. But I wish someone had told me otherwise because we all know the things that we do now always leads in to our marriage. It does. Like it or not, the good and the bad, it leads into marriage. So the goal is not to have a good time but to leave a godly legacy. Dating is fine. Dating is fun. There's a lot of great things about dating. I'm not saying that dating is bad and we shouldn't date. I'm just saying when we date, are we dating just for the fun? Are we dating to leave a godly legacy? I mean, there's things that Rochelle and I have worked through in our life, and I go, man, if I had just thought, made good decisions, my legacy would have been a little different. Now, the cool thing, too, is God redeems. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. If we, if we decide, we're, we've realized, man, that one little point that I changed, and I start, God can go, whoop, here you go, buddy. You're right back on track. I'm going to forgive you and redeem you. Are you practicing for divorce? This is something I hit high schoolers with all the time. What? Practicing for divorce? What are you talking about? Our culture, folks, is so built on, I want it my way. I want it now. And if I'm done, tired with it, I'm going to get the new thing. I mean, think about it. I mean, how many of your friends do you know? They're on their fifth cell phone this year. You know, or I got the newest iPad because it's, it's, you know, 22 or, I, you know what I mean? I'm just exaggerating. But the point of that, it, whatever the newest, we're the best, I've got to have that new thing. I joked a couple weeks about the Krispy Kreme donut thing. Very serious, though. I think we practice to divorce. And we don't think about that when we date. We're dating going, hey, this is fun. We're having a good time. We're hanging out. Okay, things didn't go so well. Okay, hey, we're dating. We're having a good time. Da-da-da. Crash. I mean, what happens when we get in a marriage 15 years, 16 years down the road, and we go, man, I'm not... Man, this is tough. Well, give up. Do something new. I mean, in the church, folks, is no different in our secular culture right now. Divorce is just as rampant in the church as it is in the secular culture. There's no difference. Why is that? I want it my way. I want it now. When I'm done, I'll get a new one. No, that's not what God's called us to do. I'm telling you, there's days that Rochelle goes, hey, 
you're not the same person that you were before. Or, you know, every day is just like, woo, fireworks. We have to work at it. And we should be doing that from the beginning with dating. Who should I or can I date? The scripture is specific about this. Second Corinthians 6.14 says this, do not be yoked with unbelievers. Do not be yoked with unbelievers. You know, it, it, a popular Christian term is missionary dating, if you've heard this. And the idea there is, you know, oh, but he's a great guy, and, and he's so tenderhearted, and he cares about me, and, and I, I'll, I'll get him saved. Or, hey, she's just awesome. She's a great woman. She's got a great job. She's really got a tender heart, and I can, I can win her to Christ. Oh, my word. Folks, I don't know if you've ever heard the illustration or seen this. You know, standing up on a chair. So if I'm, if I'm the Christian, per se, and, I'm, and I'm my, my mate that I'm dating is not a Christian, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull them up. I want to pull them up to Jesus. I want to bring them up here to me. I mean, we just know how gravity works in itself. If I'm going to try to pull Luke up, it's way easier for him to pull me down, right? And so there's this illustration that we use in missionary dating that that's not what God intends us to be. I mean, not only in marriage, but in dating. Because again, my, my thought is that our main goal in dating should be for marriage. So you need to assess, you know, am I, am I dating? Am I unequally yoked in my dating relationship? And then, you, you know, someone, I've heard people say this to me, but, but Brian, they believe in God. And I go, well, did you read James 2.19? I mean, it says there that the demons believe in God, and we know they shudder. I mean, I wouldn't highly suggest, none of us would highly suggest you should date a demon, right? I mean, sarcastically, but the point is, just because they believe in God doesn't mean anything. It's Jesus' job to save them, not ours. It's Jesus' job to save them. Even with me in ministry, it's not my job to save everybody I come in contact with. I mean, I'm going to love on them. I'm going to pastor them. I'm going to do everything I can to encourage them. But it's not my job to save people. It's not your job to save the person that you're hoping to date. And not only that, but also we have to think about it from a Christian perspective. Where's your Christian theology? What doctrine do you believe in? I mean, there's a lot of Christians that marry, but they just... They go like this all the time because you know, the funny story that I heard was, you know, a, a woman that is way into speaking in tongues and, you know, blah, 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 and the husband's like, oh, I, that's demon. That's demonic stuff. And, and then their kids are in the middle going, oh, Lord, what's going on? You know, there's, here's, here's the family dinner, right? She's praying and speaking in tongues and he's trying to cast demons out and the kids are going, oh, Lord, what's going on? I mean, you, that's a silly concept. But the point is we have to be, even as Christians, we have to be on the same page theologically or we could find ourselves. I mean, look at, the, look, at, look at our denominations. Look what we've done in the Christian church. So it's not just a, a Christian and a non-Christian, but it's also Christians going, hey, you know, like, for instance, Rochelle and I, when I was getting into, when I was first, when we were first dating, I was getting into ministry at that point. I was just starting youth ministry, and we started dating seriously. I started joining, the, I joined the military. And so it was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm joining the military. I'm going to be gone most of the time. I'm going to be getting ministry, so my, I'm not going to make a lot of money. I'm, it's just, this is what we're doing. Are you okay with that? Yes. I'm like, well, praise God. Be my teammate. You know, that's one of those things you have to be communicating together about and working on. Here's some principles of dating for you as a Christian. Here's some things that I want to give you. Number one, you need to maximize your singleness for God. Did you hear that? You've got to maximize your singleness for God. What I mean by that, it's not like, hey, party it up. You're single. Do what you can do while you're, while you're single. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you need to read. You need to study. You need to grow. You need to help those in need. You're in an opportunity right now, and a lot of you do this. This is what warms Rochelle in my heart. A lot of you are so you know, active in giving and serving other people because you have the opportunity now. Do that. There's nothing wrong with reading marriage books. Read them now. 
I mean, go for it. We talked about the five love languages two weeks ago. Do that stuff because my thought is, and I wish I'd have thought this back then, thank goodness that Rochelle's patient and God's redeeming, that if I had known the things I knew then, I could be, I would have like, man, what kind of husband could I have been the last 15 years? Here's the big thing about this. Serve. While you're single, serve. I mean, it's way tougher when you get married and you start having kids. You've got to serve. You've got to find time to serve. There's a ton of you that do that already at Cornerstone. There's some of you that are serving in children's ministry and on the usher team and greeters and all different facets of youth ministry. Awesome. But maximize your singleness for God. Two, don't pursue dating until you're in a season of life to marry. Did you hear that? Do not pursue dating until you're in a season of life to marry. And this goes back to the thought of, are you a person worth finding? I've had to talk to some individuals, specifically guys, and I've had to say to them in a loving way, would you date yourself? Would you date yourself? And they're like, oh, crud. I'm like, well, and and I'm not just dissing. I I was in that place too. And even as a husband, I have to reassess myself and go, Brian, would you want to be married to yourself right now? And I go, oh, sorry, God. It's about responsibilities. Um, It's dealing with those responsibilities that you need to be um, dealing with. Uh, It's okay to be waiting. These seasons, it's okay to be waiting. If you look in Song of Songs, chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, Song of Songs, chapter 2, 11 through 12, this is what he says here. He says, see, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. Here's the point of that. Winter is not bad. Some of us are in a, in a, se- in a season of winter dating-wise. Like, oh, God, am I ever going to find anybody? You're watching the clock and the years go by, and you're like, dear Lord, am I never going to find anybody? Are there no men out there that really are loving Jesus? Is there no women that I can, that I can be with that are just outstanding women of, of Christ? But here's the thing. Take, maximize your singleness. Because here's the thing about winter. If you know anything about winter, that's when the plants and the trees and all the things work the hardest. The roots are in full-fledged action in the wintertime. We don't see anything on the outside. This is dark. It's cold. You know, that whole, like, depression of, like, I'm tired of being single. But on the inside, if you're maximizing your singleness, that's when the roots are growing. You're reading. You're learning. You're soaking in God, going, God, I don't have a clue what's going on here, but I'm going to dig into you because when that time comes, when when that contentment kicks in and you bring that person to me, then I'll be ready. So take full pursuit of that single time. Number three, be reasonable about your expectations. Be reasonable about your expectations. Don't have your expectations too high or too low in, in, in regards to finding that person. Like, for instance, some of you ladies, probably, if Jesus walked in and go, ah, he's got facial hair. I don't know. I don't know. You know? I mean, and Jesus is the bomb, right? But, we, but sometimes our expectations are to a point that's like, okay, that's a little ridiculous, right? On the other end, we sometimes our expectations are so low. It's like, okay, um, I talk to someone, they go, oh, I'm engaged. Oh, that's cool. When did that happen? I don't know. He just asked me. So I said, yes. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you have, I mean, you gotta, you gotta like bounce things out and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not judging saying, cause I know there's people that sit here and go, you know, I don't know if I'm going to find somebody. That's the truth. There's, uh, that heart thing is they're going, I'm struggling with this. I mean, we, we look at those situations that we have in life and go, I don't know if anybody's ever going to come along. So I'm not dissing. I'm just saying, here's the thing. Don't put your expectations too high. Don't put them too low. Be, be seeking out what God is desiring for us. Four, um, dating is, a date is not dating. A date 
is not dating. First Timothy five says this, treat young men and women as brothers and sisters. Guys, it's so important for us. I'm saying guys and ladies, sorry, folks. We have to take the opportunity to be around people. You know, my mindset is if I'm dating to marry, then I just want to be with people. I want to hang out with her in groups and, and I don't have to make it awkward to be like, Hey, you want to go out? Is, is she like me? She's going to diss on me. What's going to happen here? She's like, Let's just hang out. Let's see what happens. Let's just enjoy group dates. And guys, let me give you a hint. If you get a chance to ask someone out and you take her out, don't take her to a concert. Don't take her to a movie. I mean, those environments, you don't communicate. They want to communicate. You need to get to know each other. You need to ask questions. You say, hey, where are you from? Tell me about your folks. You know, you live there. That's crazy. Oh, you like doing that? Talk. Talk about that stuff. Get to know each other because that's when that chemistry happens. And that's where God works in the dating relationship. So, so be thinking through that one date is not a date, is not dating. But we need to be working on being with people all the time, being with different people all the time. Number five, guys should initiate. That might ruffle, ruffle some feathers. Guys should initiate. Now, again, I'm, I'm thinking what does Scripture say, and are we, are we moving towards marriage in our dating time? I'm not saying ladies can't initiate at all. That's not my heart. I mean, there's nothing wrong with there's time Rochelle goes, hey, can we go on a date? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a different issue, right? But guys should initiate, meaning guys, get a nice shirt, put some breathments on, have two eyebrows, you know, just <laughs> do things to initiate, right? Okay? Um, have a plan. Have a plan. Guys, have a plan. Um, one of the things that drives me crazy is, and it's in our culture today, guys being cowardly. Guys going, how many of you know the guy that goes, hey, can you talk, like her best friend, can you go find out, go ask her for me if she would? Seriously, ladies, if a guy ever comes up to you and you're getting information from your friend, when he comes up to you, say, hey, ride your bike, go home to your mommy, little boy. Because he's not ready to be a man yet. I mean, he's not. I mean, the point is there. He, we as men, you guys need to initiate. And we need to do it the right way. There's a way to do that. And again, ladies, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't initiate. You should sit back all passive. That's not my heart. That's not my heart at all. The point is, guys, we need to learn to grow up and be men. Our culture tells us you can play video games as long as you want. You can just chill and hang out. You can do it. No, we need to be working. We need to be working. We need to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Number six, date one person at a time. Date one person at a time. This isn't buckshot, right? This is talking about dating one person at a time. If we're planning, if we're working at dating marriage, we need to be dating one person at a time. Uh, it's ridiculous to think, okay, there's going to be 20 ladies there. If I ask 20 of them, I might get four yeses, and maybe I'll find my mate at some point, right? Ridiculous, I know. But the point is, we need to be focused on dating one person at a time. And, and I'll explain more what that looks like as we talk into this. You'll see what I'm saying with that. Seven, look who God has right in front of you. Look at who God has right in front of you. I mean, we're back to Ruth and Boaz again, right? I mean, Boaz could have been thinking about these things and all this, I'm going to find this woman out here. And he brought a beautiful woman that had all these gifts and perfect match right there in front of him. Sometimes we're in, in places that we don't even realize he or she is right there. And I'm so busy doing all this stuff, I'm not noticing God has given me someone right here. Look who God has right in front of you. Number eight, use media wisely. Use media wisely. I mean, obviously, that's all about our culture now. And I'm not going to tell you that Internet dating is a sin. It's not a sin. But please be careful. Be wise. Obviously, ladies specifically. I mean, and guys, too. I mean, we need to be wise about what we're doing there. I have people ask, well, is Internet dating sin? Is it bad? No, it's not a sin. Just be wise. Be careful. Number nine, only, this is going to maybe throw you off a little bit, only invest in someone that you're attracted to. Only invest in someone you're attracted to. 
Do I, do I mean physically? Well, yes. I mean, you have to look at that face for the rest of your life, right? So you, there needs to be some kind of chemistry there physically. But that's not the main thing. Emotionally, we need to be attracted to that person. You need to have interests that are the same. I mean, if, if you're with someone that, that is way into reading and that they're, let's get the cleft notes and let's dive in, and you're like, does it have pictures? <laughs> right? I mean, you need to, like, think about those things um, mentally. You know, how do we mesh mentally? I mean, are we going to be able to go for the long haul? Are we going to have meaningful conversation? Are we going to be able to live life and talk about what it's all about? You need, to, you need to invest in someone that you're attracted to emotionally. Do you trust that person? Do you feel close? Is there a heart connection? Is there maturity there emotionally? Spiritually, do they love Jesus? Are there convictions and desires toward life like yours? We can have all these other things, and if they're, if they're spiritually not in the place we are, I'm telling you guys, you, 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 think, you think just marriage could be complicated? Think about throwing kids into the mix. Woo, gets crazy if you're not talking about these things when you're dating. Hobbies. It's important to have hobbies that you guys enjoy too. I mean, ladies, if there's guys that are into hunting and fishing, you're like, I'm out of that. Tap me out on that one. It's going to be tough to go, yeah, honey, go fishing again, you know. And then guys on the other side, your, your, your lady's on Pinterest 24-7, right? Or she wants a scrapbook, and you're like, oh, my word, how much money we spend on a scrapbook and stuff, right? But, but you've got to come alongside. You have to find something. You go, you know what? I don't, that might not even be my thing, but you know what? I want you to know I'm right there with you. Show me your pages. Show me on the web again all those cool things you have bookmarked on Pinterest, whatever it might be, right? Number 10, agrees. You need to agree with gender roles. Wherever you're coming from, you need to agree on the gender roles, Guys always ask me, how do you get Rochelle to do the things that she does? What do you say to her? What do you make her do? I'm like, what are you talking about? We never had an arm wrestling match, and I once said, ha, I win, have kids, go home. You know, I never, that never happened. That never happened. Like I said a second ago, we talked from the beginning. I said, hey, here's what my heart desire is. What's your heart desire? And we both came to the same place going, yeah. You know, we, we, we both worked at the beginning. We, and when, we, when we had kids, she was like, I really want to have my seasons in life change, and I want to be at home. I, we want us to raise our kids, not have someone else raise our kids. So you have to agree. You have to agree on those gender roles, what those are for you guys. Number 11, you've got to guard your heart. This is huge. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 you have to open up carefully. You can't have your first date and ladies be sitting there going, I wonder what our kids would look like, hmm. right? And guys on the other end, you can't be looking, wow, her hair is brown, wow. I mean, you gotta have some balance in the middle, right? Like Rochelle asks me all the time, we're driving, this happened just the other day, we're driving and she looks at me and she goes, hey, what are you thinking about? And I was like, uh, I, nothing. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's either nothing or sex. It's usually what I'm thinking about, right? And she just, she's thinking, maybe there's something wrong. He's not saying anything. He's, he's being really quiet. He's got a look on his face. And I'm like, I'm not thinking anything. So there's got to be a balance with, with all that. So we have to guard our hearts. And what I'm, my point there is we've got to be careful how much we share and how much we share our way and how much we give ourselves. We need to be going into those step by step. And then obviously, if we're following the, the path of what Christ has called us to do in a relationship, we're not going to be there the first time we have a date on a date with a person just our whole life, right? There's got to be a balance there. So as we get close to the end here, I have some dating thoughts for Christian men, dating thoughts for Christian women. So let's dive into these. Guys, here's some dating thoughts for you. Don't overlook good, godly women. And some of these will go back and forth because, guys, some of these good, godly women— or maybe a, a young lady who's already had a baby. She's a single mom. Don't look past her just because she has that situation. Get to know what's going on there. 
Or maybe someone that's been through a divorce. Maybe God's redeemed that person. They've grown from that situation. We can't, we can't overlook good, godly women. And again, that goes back to my thought. I had, this, I had this list. I didn't have it written down. But mentally, I had this list of what I wanted in a woman. And, you know, if I, let's just say if I had ten things, nine of them were not about spiritual stuff. I could have overlooked, and thank goodness that God gave me her. Number two, do you honor her? Guys, when you're looking for a Christian woman, or a woman in general, obviously, hopefully it's a Christian woman, do you honor her? This whole thing of dating goes back to, is it about me or about them? So often, it's just easy for me to go, it's about self. You know, I, what about me? What are you giving me? When do I get to have mine? Do you, do you honor her friends? Do you honor her family? Do you honor her social networks? You need to meet her people. You need to be in her world. You need to get to know her. And then here's the other part of that. Do you honor her with God? When you're with her, do, are you honoring her by honoring God? And that's the toughest thing. When, I, when Rochelle and I are talking about couples that start dating, it is so hard to put into overdrive the physical. It is so hard. I, mean, I tell people all the time, um, sexually, everything that we deal with sexually is like drugs. It, I just can't even explain it. I mean, it's like you, you smoke pot for the first time and you do that for a while and you lose the high and then you go, well, I got to have something harder. I got to have something harder. And dating is the same way. You guys all know. You hold hands for the first time, you're like giggly little junior hires. Like, oh, this is so awesome. Right? And then after a while, like, Rochelle, we hold hands and unless I'm not with her for a while, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just what we do. You know, it's just what happens. There's no like flame. But then you need something more, and then something more. Next thing you know, you're like, why are we getting naked? What's going on here? I mean, seriously, we have to honor her. And the question is, are we honoring God by honoring her? Okay, guys, what about this? What about this thought? Does she dress modestly? Does she dress modestly? 1 Timothy 2.9. Is she looking for a good time? Or, sorry, are you looking for a good time? Or are you looking for a good legacy? Are you looking for a good time or a, le- a lifelong legacy? Number four, Bible, the Bible says that man is not, um, sorry, number four, says the Bible is, says that the man is to be the head, like Jesus was the head, or is the head. Um, he, Jesus was a loving, lovingly leading and sacrificial and a servant. Guys, when you're dating, are you leading sacrificially? Are you being a servant? Are you lovingly leading? I mean, Christ died for the church. And here's the other part of this, guys. Will she follow your leadership? It's not talking about her. It's talking about you. Will she follow your leadership? And can you lead her? Can she trust you? Are you disorganized or are you organized? Are you mature or immature? I mean, where are you, where are you at? The Bible calls us to lead. Are you going to lead? One of the first questions Rochelle and I ask, and we used to not do this either, when we're starting to talk with a dating couple, I ask the guy right away, how are you leading her spiritually? It's the first thing I want to know. How are you leading her spiritually? And then for her, I say, how is he leading you spiritually? If they both kind of go, oh, like, oh. And it's a battle. It is. I mean, Rochelle could tell you. She'll be straight up honest. And it's a challenge for me. It is. I mean, we've, all these years we've been married. And there's been times she's like, can we please read the word together? Can we pray together before we go to sleep? And we'll do it for a while. And then I'll slack off and forget or not do it. Does she have noble character? Proverbs 31 Charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears God is to be praised. Does she have noble character? Because here's the deal, character really counts. I think of Rochelle and I go, man, I'm honored to be with her. 
I mean, the character that God has given her, the way that she's become a, a woman of, that just seeks after God's heart, she makes me a better man because of the character she has. Genesis 2.18 talks about having, um, her being a helper. Again, it kind of goes back, is she making you holy? Is she a woman of noble character? Number six, can you provide for her the level of living she wants? It's one of the things we need to think about. Can you provide the level of living that she wants. First Timothy 5.18 says this, if a man does not provide the needs for his family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Bam. Wow. What are our expectations? Guys, we need to know that. You guys need to know what our expectations is, are. I mean, if she comes from a situation where she's used to having certain standards of living, and you're like, hey, I'm going to be getting the ministry, I don't know what I'm going to be going, or I'm going to be going overseas for this number of year. You need to know what, what she expects, and you guys need to be working together in that Okay? One of those you guys, things you need to discuss together. Number seven, is she like the negative women in Proverbs? Here's one of the things you need to kind of tone in, tune in on, guys. Is she like the negative women in Proverbs? Is she a nag? And here's what it says. A nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. I mean, POW um, camps, they actually seriously have dripping water as a form of torture. And Scripture talks about that as, as a nagging wife like a dripping faucet. Guys, you need to tone, tune in on that kind of stuff. It's not about just what she looks like and, and, and the things that you get enjoyment from, but it's, it's the everyday stuff. Does she argue? A quarrelsome wife is worse than living out. Um, this is what it says. A quarrelsome wife is worse than living out on the corner of your roof on your house. I mean, it's like, hey, just pack up all your stuff, take your luggage and your suitcase, and just go stay somewhere else. Uh, it's quarrelsome. It, you know, it's your constantly conflict. She always wanting to fight with you. She unfaithful. It's another thing. I have to be think, thinking, you know, how's her dating relationships been? Or is she foolish, which talks about her being loud and overbearing? Is she a negative woman? Ladies, now it's your turn. Dating thoughts for the ladies. Number one, do you want to help him in what he does? I mean, this is a question I think you need to ask. Do you want to help him with what he does? Genesis, again, 2.18 says she's designed to be the helper. Are you, okay if he, are you okay if he travels a lot? I mean, are you okay with that? If, if he's in the military, he's going to be gone for a long period of time. Or his business says, hey, I've got to travel so many months out of the year. Are you okay with that? In the helper role, are you okay with that? Do you agree with his career? I mean, it's, ladies, it's important to take an effect. What is he doing? And am I, am I cool with going alongside of that? Like I mentioned about Rochelle and I, were we, was she cool with coming alongside of me and saying, this is kind of like your plan is for life? Yeah, that's my heart too. And if not, then it's okay to say, well, let's look at other things. Number two, ladies, when times get tough, will he do his job? When time gets tough, will he do his job? Is he disciplined enough to stay tough during tough times? Here's what Paul says in 1 Timothy 2.3, that we should endure hardships like a good soldier. Gentlemen, does that guy, ladies, does he say, I love Jesus. I'm planting my flag here. I'm going to love this woman. I'm going to be faithful to her. I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to serve at my church. For the rest of my life. That's a huge responsibility, ladies. That's what God's called guys to. Not that you don't have part in that. But that's what he's called guys to. And so the question is, is he going to do his job? Is he going to fulfill? Is he going to wuss out when things get tough? Ladies, do you, is, do you want a guy that you have to drag to church? Make him pray with you? Read God's word? Is it your job to keep him sober? Is it, job, is it your job to make him find a job? 
And we have to think through that. What kind of guy are you going to find? Is he, is he going to toughen up when t- times get tough and go, I'm going to press through. I'm going to lean in God. I'm going to press through. Number three, is he gentle and caring to you? Is he gentle and caring to you? First Peter 3, 7 says, men, do not be harsh with your wife. Does he scream at you? Does he, does he have anger issues? Does he ever raise his hand? Does he ever sexually impose himself upon you? The question, ladies, no matter what the environment looks like, is do you feel safe with him? Do you feel safe with him? And here's the other thing, ladies. When you're dating, he's on his best behavior then. He's on his best behavior then. Not that he can't be that person he's supposed to be throughout marriage, but he's on his best behavior at that point. Is he gentle and caring? Number four, will he be good? Will he be a good dad? Ladies, I think you need to take a look at this. Will he be a good dad? Ephesians 6.4 says this, Fathers, raise your kids in the instruction of the Lord. Number one, there's three things, there's three different guys out there. The first guy is a guy who doesn't want kids. He just straight up says, I don't want kids. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm more focused on career and myself and those kind of things. The second guy says, she wants to have kids. I'll give her kids, but it's really her thing. And, if, and some of us, I know Rochelle and I, know couples that they, they, unfortunately they go through that. And then the third guy is a guy who says, I love kids. I want to have kids. I mean, I know anything about kids, but I want to have kids. I love kids. And ladies, here's the other thing. Check out the guys who are good with kids now. Again, this is why it's great for, for guys and ladies alike to be helping with children's ministry. Be digging in there. Guys, if you have no clue, and you're, you're clueless, go help with children's ministry. Go mess up someone else's kid, right? <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, but seriously, like, take a look, ladies. Look at the guys. Yeah, the guys that help in children's ministry, they know. Um, look at the guys now. When you, there's a couple guys that I know, they, they will jump on the floor in a heartbeat with kids. I mean, I'm telling you, that gentleman, that's attractive to a lady. Okay? Is he good? With, would he be a good dad? Number five, is he, one, is he a one-woman man? Is he a one-woman man? Another way to say that, is he pursuing you? 1 Timothy 3.2 says this, Qualifications for an elder is a one-woman man, and all other men should fall underneath that. The same example. Is he a one-woman man? The question is, is he looking at porn? Does he continue to look at porn? He's not a one-woman man if he continues to deal with that. Is he, flirt- is he flirtatious? Is he always flirting? I mean, think about when he met you. Is he flirtatious? Is he, does he whiplash? You guys are at a restaurant, everyone that walks by keeps doing this? And here's even worse. And guys, you know what I'm talking about. Ladies, be observant of this. The guy you're with, you're walking, and he, a girl walks by, and he's, he's smooth enough just to do this, not even turn his head. Is he one woman man? Job 31.1 says this, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. You know, and for guys, that's a co- covenant you have to make today. And in five minutes, go, oh, I'll make it again. And tomorrow, I've got to make it again. We have, to, we have to work on that. But ladies, is he a one woman man? Number six, how valuable are you to him? Is he willing to sacrifice for you? Ideas like, is he growing up? I remember when Rochelle and I were dating, I was goofing around all the time. I was a class act goof. I was always laughing. There'd be times we'd be hanging out. She's like, can you just be serious? And I'd make him more jokes just, just to be a goof. But is he growing up? I'm hopefully, I'm still fun to be around with her, but then she also can have serious conversation now too. Maybe I can, hopefully I've grown up. Is he moving out of his out on his own? I mean, there's some guys that struggle to get away from mama, right? 
mom and dad, great, but is he moving out? Is he growing up? Is he doing his things? Is he getting and keeping a job, ladies? Is he going to church? Is he reading his word? Is he serving God? Those are questions, ladies, you need to ask. Hey, where do you go to church? Oh, what have you been reading in the Bible this week? See what he says. I know if Rochelle asked me, there's some weeks I'd say, I could say what I've been reading to study, to preach on, but not personal stuff. So, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Don't be afraid to ask him those questions. And here's the big deal part of this one. How much does he treasure you? How much does he treasure you? One of the things, ah, I'm giving away secrets. One of the things that I've been doing, I don't know if you guys remember the, the movie uh, Fireproof. Um, there was a book that came out with that that was called um, blank. What? Love Dare. Yeah, the Love Dare. And I've been doing that. She doesn't know. And it doesn't have to be a thing you do just to save your marriage. But I've just been, you know, I'm going to just do Love Dare stuff. I'm just going to randomly do things, not tell her. Crap, I told her. Right? <laughs> but, but what's wrong with doing that? Be looking for a guy that will do that kind of stuff. Is, does he treasure you? Outside of his walk with Christ, you need to be right there. Number seven, do you want your son to be like him? Think about this. If you have a son, that guy that you're interested in, the guy that you're dating, do you want, him, do you want your son to be like him? Or let's say it like this. Do you want your daughter to marry a guy like that? That's, that's on my forefront. I got little girls. I hope Rochelle can say, man, I want you guys to marry a guy like your dad someday. I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to get into some conversation here. I want to encourage you, we need to practice for marriage now. Whatever season of life you're in, if it's God's not give, calling me to be dating with anybody right now. And, and here's the other thing. I didn't say this at the beginning, but 93% of you will get married at some point. Not everybody. God calls some people not to, have, be, not to be married. So he, those different things for different people. But we still should be dating like we're going to marry. Okay? So we need to be practicing for marriage now. Something that nobody told me before. We need to practice for marriage now. Are you selfless? Or is it all about you and what you want? I mean, obviously there's some context of going, I know what I want. I know what I want to have in somebody. And I've even said some of that for thoughts for the guy or the woman. But really, is it about you or is it about the other person? And then the last question, which our main question is, are you a person worth finding? Are you a person worth finding? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Um, in your table groups, I'd like us to start talking because what I want us to do is kind of talk about what, what, are we, what are we dealing with? What are some things and thoughts that we have? What are scripture that come to our mind when we've dealt with this? Um, I'm hoping that you guys will feel comfortable enough to start talking about this a little bit. I have some questions. There are some table leaders that I'm going to give um, questions to. So if it gets kind of awkward, like, I don't know what to say, we can at least ask questions and have some conversations. So if you're at a table where there's not enough people, if you, could, if you don't mind sliding to a table or maybe go to a bigger table if you need to do that, um, I'm going to give you guys some time here to just conversate. Dig in the word. Find what are some verses that stick out to you? What are some things that Brian said you're like, ah, that kind of rubs me the wrong way? Or what are some things you say, you know what, I haven't heard that before, and this is what it's making me think about now. Okay, so start digging in, start asking each other some questions, start talking, and I'll call us back together here at the end. Talk about, um, yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Come on up. I think two of the thing. One of the things you mentioned are two of the biggest um, pitfalls in relationships that deal with marriage, and one is communication, which is across the board the most important thing. Um, and most of the time, men don't do it very well. And women do it too much. Just teasing, not really. Um, and so, um, but on the other side of that too, finances are the second biggest thing. Finances destroy marriages because they don't communicate. They're not on the same page. Their expectations, that's huge. Anybody I else? Would, Go ahead. I would also say to that that even if she says that she's willing to like not live that way, I would make her prove it because it's easy to say, you know what, I can live like a missionary with no money, but she's just going out and getting Prada and, like, you know, getting, like, 80 $100 pair of shoes, like, every two weeks, you know, or $200 pairs of jeans. There's a difference there. So I definitely would, like, if she's, you know, if she's the one that's like, what? Yeah, I could do that. Well, okay, I'm going to challenge you. How about you don't go shopping so much? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you say that you'll do when you're in lust. I mean, in love, you know, um, what it comes down to. And I think that works on both sides. I think it's important for her to challenge him. We've known a lot of relationships where, where she's like, oh, he's this and he's going to do that. He said he will. And it's like, okay, where's the, where's the, because what's, what he's doing now, why will it change once he has the ring on his finger? What's the difference? So I think it goes both ways. shopping and needing that kind of life. I think it's also for men that, you know, you guys need to compromise and decide, mm-hmm. okay, what does our life look like? Do we, do we need a $500,000 house and a boat and a camper and a summer home and a winter cabin and, you know, that's part of it too. I don't want to like throw women under the bus and not throw men under the bus. That's too. Okay. What else? What else was, was discussed in your groups? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's part of our human spirit. And that's not an excuse. It's not to throw in the card and say, this is how I am. You know, that's, that's in, in sinful nature, that's who we are. But God's called us to something different. So all of us, I mean, we're all in that boat. And, it's, and I guess I don't want, I'm not saying you're saying this, but I'm going to make sure across the board that we're understanding too. We're not just talking about marriage, but that's what we should be focusing for. Because it should be, I should be just as selfless in my dating experience than I am when I get to marriage. It's not one of those things where I go, I can do what I want now, and then as soon as I get married, I hit the pause button or I divorce myself from all that other stuff and say, now I'm going to be this person. Um, yeah, just, yeah, but that's good. It's good that that was your focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking about how you love them um, not based on their worthiness, just because that's all God calls you to do. 
Yeah, that's the illustration of is, is, your, is your dating or marriage making you holy or happy? That's that fine-tuning. That, that's where that sin kind of rises to the top. And you realize, oh, this, this is showing a lot more of me than I thought I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's true. I think what you're talking about, too, and this is huge for dating is the compromise. It's so easy in dating that you're making each other happy, and it's just, oh, it's all good. And you talk for hours, and we joke about how we would sit there and talk for hours and hours and hours at night. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. And we, <laughs> it's ridiculous, the stuff. <laughs> Guys, you can't try to fake it because I know we all do it. I'm not the only one. We, she was pulling some letters out when she found that picture, some letters that I wrote her. And I'm going, dude, I, that's got to be some other dude that wrote you because that was not me. Good. What are some of the thoughts, things that came out? Nothing edgy. Cool. Well, you know, honestly, and there's way more that I could say. I, I could have preached for an hour, an hour and a half, which you guys have been really falling asleep at that point. But, you know, for us, it's so important to be real. I mean, there's things that we did not do right, folks. We did not do right. Um, I did not honor her the way I should have honored God's daughter. I did not do that the way I should have. And for me, it does me no good if I'm with other gentlemen to say, Honor her. It's God's daughter. Why did nobody slap me in the face and say that? Thank goodness he's, he redeems. Thank goodness he gave, gave me something that's, that's patient and loving and kind and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, dude, I think we need to be. I, I think as we talk more, as we get into some of these other topics that we'll be getting into down the road here, uh, we're going to continue to be honest. Or, I mean, obviously speak truth and love, but I want to challenge. I want to encourage you. I want to say, hey, what is God calling you to do as a man and as a woman of Christ in your dating relationship. And we want to be open too. sorry. We want to be open too for you guys to ask us questions. Or if there's something that I said that you go, you're wrong. Praise God. We need to have good, godly conversation, not disunity, but God, good, godly communication. So if there's something that was said or you're like, uh, you're kind of off, Brian, praise God. Because you guys need to be digging your word. You shouldn't take what someone says and just go, that's what he said. It's, it's you know, it's, it's Jesus, truth. Well, hopefully it is if I'm telling the Jesus truth, but you need to be digging in and challenging too. So if you have thoughts or questions, ask us. Well, I was going to say the big thing too um, is, you know, Brian was talking about accountability. You know, if you have a group of friends that are telling you, you know what, he or she is not who you need to be marrying or who you should be dating, you need to be open to hearing that. Um, because you're in this relationship and you're, You know, I'm like, you know, it's somebody that is still like their parents live here and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so what do your parents say? You know, my parents have told me over and over again. I broke up with this person. They're like, okay, so why are you not dating, you know, and, her, you know, this person's parents is not the only person that said that. So, you know, you have to be willing to, like, listen and not automatically be defensive about that. Well, that and then also as a friend, as a brother and sister, you need to, like, step up. It's so tough. We're in a situation where we're like, oh, I want to tell them they're not seeing what I'm seeing. I don't want to. I don't want to get in their business. And I think that's where the accountability comes. And you need to come to the plate and say, Hey, will you keep me accountable? Yes, 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 yes. And then when the time comes, you got to step up and do it. I mean, it's just huge. You need to do it. It's not easy. It needs to be done. What else? What other conversation? You guys are making this way too easy. Okay, yeah, please. That's good. Okay.
That's good. Yeah, that's definitely a discussion itself. And there's a lot of, yes, yes. There's a lot of mosaic law there. There's a lot of stuff that's there, but it's a good question. We will definitely be discussing that. Yeah. It is a huge issue, and we all, one way or another, are dealing with it. If it's personal or if it's family or if it's something that somebody that we know or it's like, oh, what's God really saying about this? What's it look like then and then now? And, you know, God's, you know, in, in Old Testament time versus 2012. Yes, it's going to be fun. Just be praying for me. Be praying for us, right? Because we need to discuss these things. Good. And you said disagree, so I'm curious. That's going to be fun. And we can talk, too. Let's talk, too. Okay, cool. Good. Good. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Speak it up. I, I hear you. I hear you. Great. This way. Yeah, the winter time. I heard that from another pastor, and I just thought it was amazing because I think when we're in a season or a time, and sometimes that season feels like forever that we're not dating, where you know, questions are asking in our mind, or maybe Satan's putting some lies in there too, and we need to take advantage of those times. And go, you know what? Because here's the thing: it's like this with anything. We talked about contentment at one time. Anything in life that we go through. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to solve it. We're trying to dig through it rather than going, okay, Christ, I don't have a clue. I'm going to lean on you. I'm just going gonna, gonna to do what you're calling me to do and I'm trusting you. That is so hard for our, as in our nature to do that. And so those times, I know for us experience-wise, has told us those times that we just said, okay, it's all you. I'm done. I'm tired of struggling and try, you know, dealing with this. Then all of a sudden he goes, well, you've learned that lesson. Here you go, and now here's a new lesson that I'm, I want you to work on. And I think that's part of the dating thing. I think a lot of times we're striving so hard um, and not being content with where he has us right now, no matter how unfun it is, that's a word, in regards to going, what does he have for me right now? Um, it's easier to say on this end, right? But on, on the other side, it's it's just tough. But we have to, like, think of it in the perspective of, you know, wintertime is when we really root in. We can do some things that we can't do when we're at this point. 
So, and you're right, too, because that's why I brought the point about throw kids in the mix, because there's a lot of things that you guys get to do right now that changes when you get married. And it doesn't get easier. It gets busier and crazier. Um, and then you throw kids in the mix. It really does. And so that's why you have to fine-tune your life now as a single person and prepare for that marriage down the road. Someone had their hand up, I thought. Oh, sorry. Be careful, buddy. Be careful. Yeah, it's tough when you're in the midst. Of, it's tough for Joseph when he doesn't. We know the end of the story, right? It's tough to be that Joseph. Okay, good. I know this group talked about pornography quite a bit. I heard I heard that thrown out a couple times. Michelle, you were in that group. What's that all about? Well, here, the other thing, too, because we, we do need to finish up. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, is Please email, email me if you have questions, thoughts. I just I just love the conversation. So if you have thoughts for me, too, or things that we can be, Michelle, I can be praying for you guys about, please do not be afraid to text me or email me um, and let us know. Okay? Let me go ahead and close this in prayer, and you guys are free to go or hang out and talk or eat more snacks or help the band tear down? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, Jesse. All right. We'll do. Good. Yeah, just, uh, Greg, you want me to ask people to help tear down? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. If you guys can, if you're willing to do that, that'd be awesome too. Help us tear some of this stuff down. That'd be great. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you right now, and, and God, I just pray that you will just um, <clears throat> speak to us about where we're at uh, in our dating, Lord. God, I pray for each one of these men and women here that you will meet them where they're at. You will communicate with them the things that you need to um, impress on their hearts about where they're at, Lord. Um, I don't know if everybody here is on the same page in regards to wanting to date, to think about marriage for the future, or if just dating to have fun or trying to hook up, or I don't know. Lord, but I, I pray that you'll speak in our hearts and we'll be open to, to re- being revealed what you desire for us in um, treating each other with love. Um, nothing, there's, there's nothing in Scripture that says, here, dating says this. But man, God, you talk a ton about relationships and loving each other and how to treat each other. But I pray that we'll take those practical words into use and, and treat each other uh, that way in, in our dating lives. <clears throat> God, thank you for tonight. I, I pray that this was beneficial and challenging and loving. Um, and encouraging 
for those who needed that. And, uh, and Lord, I just pray as we continue to go through these topics here on the elephant room, Lord, I pray that you'll be glorified. I pray that uh, it'll challenge us to grow closer to you and really seek out what you're desiring for us, Lord. God, I want to lift up Jesse to you right now. Lord, I don't know what's going on in her life health-wise, but uh, she ha- she's having some health issues. Lord, we want to lift her up to you. God, I pray that you'll heal her body. Lord, I pray as she is uh, seeing physicians, Lord, I pray that you'll just uh, just be there with the physicians. They'll be able to key in on what is going on with her body, Lord, that they can help her and she can get on track and, uh, and be healthy and be able to do the things that she needs to do. And So, God, we want to lift her up in prayer right now, Lord. God, thank you so much. We just want to give him glory and praise to you and, and honor. And we just uh, ask for safety as everybody travels home tonight. And just want to give you glory, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Yes. Okay.